Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our next guest of today. This afternoon, I'm really delighted to welcome back on the program Bhakti Matul, who is one of the authors of this year's Hong Kong Young Readers Festival. And as you already know, the festival will run between now all the way through to the 30th of April. And this is your perfect chance to get to know our authors a bit better. And Bhakti took to writing back in 2010, and she's created the popular Amatel series of picture books about Indian festivals and mythology and has 16 published titles to date. Welcome back on the program, Bhakti. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Noreen. I'm delighted to be here. The last time we met, I never thought we'd be sitting across in masks, but here we are. <laughs> I know, I know. And yet you haven't changed, except with more books and more Thank beautiful and, and more radiant. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you because I didn't realize you'd written so many books in the short space of... 10, 11 years. Um, before we talk about how you do that, tell us about the Ama Tell Me series for some of our listeners who may not know. By the way, oh, I should mention, we are live this afternoon on Facebook as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see Bhakti there this afternoon. And perhaps you can uh, put your questions and comments to her. So tell us about the Ama Tell Me series. You know, I started the Amma Tell Me series 10 years back in 2010, and my uh, two kids were very small then. They were three and one, and holy, the Indian Festival of Colors was around the corner. I was looking for a book to tell them how the festival is celebrated. I couldn't really find anything, and I had this eureka moment. I said, wow, I think I should write a book on holy. And I was sitting next to my husband, and he said, yeah, just do it. And it sounded like a Nike ad at that time. <laughs> But, you know, it really encouraged me, and that was the beginning, and that's how it started. Yeah, and how do you sort of manage to find so many different ideas for all your books? 16 to date. Yes, you know, I'm lucky, Noreen. You, you know, uh, you may have heard, but uh, Indian mythology, we have 200 gods and goddesses. So I think I'm never going to run out of story ideas. And more than a writer, I think I'm a storyteller. So all these stories exist. And I wanted to, I've been retelling them the way I wanted to tell my children in a way that's catchy and fun and that will resonate with them. Yeah. So that's made my job a lot easier. Yeah. What are some of the feedback and sort of the reactions that you get from perhaps other parents who are like, was in your position, they're trying to find stories to tell them about, you know, the culture of, of India? So, you know, I've been very lucky because the feedback has been wonderful. I have parents writing to me and they're very moving emails and letters. And most of them write that these were the stories that their grandparents grandparents used to tell them wow. or their parents because there was a great tradition of oral storytelling when we grew up and now because of nuclear families and the internet and iPads and iPhones that has sort of died down and with both parents working so I really like it when they tell me that it's reminded them of the times that they spent with their parents and grandparents and of course it's really thrilling for me to hear that they're using this to tell their kids and you know I feel if I've been able to create a special moment between a parent and child through these books I think my job as a writer is done. Exactly. Did you imagine it to be so popular when you first started your very first book? You know not at all. It was a labor of love. I was in banking. I was a banker for many years. This is something I started to tell the kids and I really I never thought it would take on a life of its own and I'm very grateful it has but no not, not in my wildest dreams. Yeah and I think it sends such a positive positive sort of you know such a positive role model behavior that you can follow your passion I mean perhaps banking was your passion for the time at that time but then you're able to sort of carve out something else and share stories which children and adults love very much were you always sort of passionate about writing though 
You know, I was always passionate about reading. And till date, I think I'm a better reader than a writer. And my first memories with my mother are her sit, uh, my sitting on her lap and her reading Dr. Seuss, Houghton, yes. Here's a Who to Me. And I loved the rhyme and, you know, the love of stories started from there. And she was a librarian. So instead of leaving me with a babysitter, I was very often left to spend hours in a library. So I think that explains where the love of books comes from. And when I wanted to start the series, because of the influence of Dr. Seuss on me, I thought I should write in rhyme because it's so much fun to read it aloud in, in rhyme. And I also think as a child, it's fun to sort of, you know, mumble jumble the words yes. and listen to it in rhyme. Yeah. And so, you yeah. write so beautifully as well, Bhakti. We're, we're big fans of your books in our household. How do you sort of draft it? I mean, how many drafts do you go through typically to fine tune your books? And also, like you said, you know, you're never going to run out of stories. But these stories from oral traditions may vary from account to account. How do you find the best version for, for your own uh, your own adaptation? They're both very good questions, Noreen. So, you know, I find writing hard and it takes several drafts to answer your question. And the final draft doesn't look anything like the first draft. But I try to get everything in a first draft and keep improving. And when my kids were younger, you know, um, I would use them as guinea pigs. And, you know, as they grew up, they become smarter and now they bribe me. Uh, but I was lucky that, you know, when I'd read to them, suddenly I'd find that they vanished. And then I knew that, wow, this isn't working because, you know, kids are blunt with their feedback. And uh, many times they would be listening in rapt attention. And that's when I knew, oh, this is working. So, yes, lots of drafts, lots of feedback from them. I was also a part of a writing group, yeah. um, you know, uh, for a while. And all my fellow writers there, uh, that really helped. Uh, them giving me feedback on what is working, what is not. So hard work and feedback uh, results Pays in off. Yeah, that, that really helped. And your question as to what to include. So a lot of the stories or the side stories that I've included are the ones that my grandparents would tell me. So from memory. And fortunately, there's such a large body of research available. There are so many books from scholarly books, PhD thesis, to books written in a lighter vein on these subjects. So there's sort of no dearth of um, material available. It's really what resonates with me and what I'd like kids to know, yeah. which is the driving force. Exactly. Do you ever sort of get parents write back to you and say, oh, your version is slightly different from uh, how we <laughs> remember, how their grandparents told, told their story? You know, I haven't heard that, but some parents have written to me saying that, oh, we thought, you know, once I was writing about Krishna, who's uh, uh, an avatar of Vishnu, one of the Indian gods uh, of preservation, and, you know, he fights the demons, so it gets a little violent. And uh, they're like, but, oh, this is, you know, a little bit violent, and, you know, is this appropriate? And I said, this is how it was. Yeah. And I said, sometimes, uh, you know, we don't give children as much credit as we should that they are mature and sensitive and they get it exactly yeah um you have fans uh, we are uh, live this afternoon on facebook live noreen mayor on rthk radio 3 you can put your comments directly to uh, bhakti i'm sure she'd love to hear from you uh, Venita writes in to say hey how are you my children love the Amma Tell Me Why stories. They love the descriptions and illustrations. Talk us through that process of sort of, you know, finding, writing it in a way that's appealing to children because these stories are, well, I suppose your grandparents, you know, your grandma told you these stories, so they'll be told in a way that's suitable for children. But how do you write it in a way that's age appropriate for the children? Thank you, Vinita. That's really lovely to hear. And Noreen, to your question, I think 
a driving force was how would I want to tell my kids about this? Your and kids are the guinea pigs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really. And especially because we don't live in India. So mm. there was always that focus on wanting to tell them about these stories. And also when I grew up, you know, as you know, there was no sort of technology, no iPhone, no, no internet. Yeah. My mother was a librarian. So I had a caretaker. I had a nanny, a male nanny who would take care of me. And he used to catch hold of me every day. And for two hours, he would tell me these stories from the Ramayana and the Mahabharata, the Indian epics wow. of kings and queens and battles. So imagine for a child today having a two hour storytelling session every day. And I think that's where my love of mythology came. And I think that's what stuck with me because I was so fascinated hearing be those so stories. so proud of you. Yeah, well, I, you know, he's no more, but I wish he was. And I mean, I wish he could have seen these um, books. So I think I had that desire to tell it in a way that was captivating. And what made it easy for me was the illustrations, because I think a young child, let's say two or three years old, what actually draws them to a book first are the illustrations. And I was very lucky to find uh, my illustrator. We worked for a decade together now called Malshi Somani. She used to work with Walt Disney. And she had just left at the time and was looking for freelance work and she was keen to work on a book. And I remember asking her, why don't you draw me something for me to get a sense of your style? And she drew a peacock for me, which, you know, in a way is absolutely unrelated with the gods and the goddesses. But it was so stunning. And I think she really understood the imagery that I was trying to portray. And uh, she could really, you know, put that across in colors. And I think that's really helped because children very often look at the illustrations and maybe they can't questions. read the words, but then the illustrations yes. will draw them in. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think that's been a big uh, driving force. Wow, that's amazing. Let's talk about your most recent book and some of your upcoming projects, Bhakti. 16, I'm amazed. So my last book in the uh, Amma Tell Me series was on Raksha Bandhan, which is a festival where you know, brothers and sisters tie threads to each other. That was two years oh. back. So, uh, and also a very interesting festival because it has a historical connotation uh, to it. But the latest book, which is slated for release in June, is a book on Vishnu, who is the Indian god of preservation. And it's interesting because he's come in nine avatars or incarnations so far. And this is the book when he comes in his first form, which is like this fish, a tiny fish who grows into this huge fish as big as the ocean. And what's interesting, something I discovered in the research is all his nine avatars so far, they trace the course of human evolution. So life began in water. Yeah. So he came as a fish. fish. Then next he comes as a tortoise. Then he comes as a boar. Then he comes as half man, half lion. And finally he comes as man. So, you know, it was fascinating because just thinking of it, I felt our ancient stage, sages who penned these stories three, four, five thousand years ago, they had a sense of how we evolved. So it, that's very exciting. And of course, it's fun for kids because there's a huge flood which will end the world. And, you know, everybody gets on this ship and the fish comes, which is Vishnu, and he kind of tows the boat away. He comes with a snake to help him. So it's a lot of fun. And I hope a lot of learning that, you know, when things become bad and there's a lot of evil, Unfortunately, everything has to die for new life and things to begin in a new way. So that's the message. Yeah, and children will have a take on that because, you know, we, we are surrounded by death, whether it's grandparents, pets, um, and, and so that's, a, you know, death is a part of life. I, I do want to ask you also, Bhakti, why is it important sort of for children to understand about their culture, especially, you know, perhaps, you know, um, Indian children growing up in Hong Kong, away from India, or maybe even overseas in America. Why is it so important? And I find that sometimes parents, maybe because it's not because they don't make an effort to teach them about their original culture, but because it's easy to just adopt the new culture when you live in a certain place. 
That's true. So, you know, I've thought about this and I think that a good story is a good story and cuts across culture, whether it's from Indian mythology or Greek mythology. And I find that they teach us about universal values. So I look at mythology as a great parenting tool. So, you know, for example, we were talking about Krishna. Now, he's a naughty god. As a child, he steals butter. He lies to his mother. When he grows up, he has many girlfriends. Uh, you know, he has um, he has an affair with a married woman. As a king, he uses deceit in his strategies. So I think, you know, but yet he is so complete. You know, he is imperfect, but he's sort of perfect because he embraces those imperfections. So I think when we want to tell a child about these things, you know, instead of saying behave this way or be in this way, at least my children start rolling their <laughs> eyes and it sounds so preachy. But when you show them a character from a story, doing something and what the consequences of his or actions may be, I think that message sinks in. Yeah. So I think that is the great, uh, the, the power of storytelling through mythology, that exactly. you can actually show them. Exactly. And also, it's a great representation just so that we understand our culture a bit better. Sometimes we are a bit sort of far removed. Um, we've only got a few minutes before the news. Bhakti, I'm sure our listeners also want to know, what are your other hobbies? Now, you, you, <laughs> every time we speak, uh, you've written even more books. Uh, what do you do for fun when you're not reading? Oh, that, I, I like that question. So reading is a lot of fun, but I like hiking. I have two dogs, uh, so it's lovely to take them out. I am also uh, a yoga enthusiast, so I practice yoga. Wow. Uh, I love doing that. So, yes, between the writing and the yoga and the hiking and the children. Yeah, so busy, uh, super mom. It's busy. I won't say super mom, that's very kind of you, but it's, it's nice and busy. Yeah. Um, finally, bef before I let you go, um, how do you structure your day when you're approaching a project, when you're writing? Do you sort of treat it as a... A, a nine to six job or do you sort of uh, carve out time or do you, uh, just when the inspiration comes? So I find that with me, it helps to have a structure. It's really like going to an office and, you know, some days are better than the yeah. others and there will be bad days. Um, so I like to do my writing work before the kids come back, you know, and it's it's a large chunk of time that I get when they go off at seven o'clock. But then during they come the back. pandemic, they were at home. <laughs> yes. That was hard. That was very hard because there's no respect for the mother's time. There's no respect that the mother is on a Zoom call. Doors will be opened and, you know, yes. they'll say what they have to say. Um, but, you know, now that they're back in school, it's easier. So I try to use that time from seven to three uh, to write in chunks. And I find that very useful. The other thing that, you know, I started doing two years ago, which I think has given a different flavor uh, to my writing and made it more interesting is I freelance um, for the South China Morning Post That's and I write right. about culture and fitness. So I think that has been very exciting taking on many projects. But yes, to answer your question, I need a structure. And I think, um, I mean, I need to treat it as this is my work and this is my office. Exactly. Which brings me to my final question. And Rachel also asks her on the Facebook Live, can we find your book on Instagram? How can we find out more about you and your work then? Uh, so my uh, website is bhaktimathur.com and I am on Instagram under the handle Amma Tell Me. And uh, the books are available at Bookazine here in Hong Kong and on Amazon. Amazing. Bhakti, yeah. so happy for you. You're so hardworking and your hard work really oh. pays off. And I'm sure some of our listeners will really want to get their hands on your books. I really recommend it. Fantastic series if you want to learn more about Indian mythologies and festivals. Bhakti, such a pleasure to see you again and I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you, Noreen, for inviting me. It was wonderful to be here. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much uh, for Bhakti for her time, one of the authors of this year's Young Readers Festival.